Welcome to Productivity Mastery. Stoy here, a productivity and performance coach on a mission to help businesses and people get the most out of their time. On this podcast, I'll bring you exceptional performers and together unlock what it takes to perform at your highest level. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this episode. Mindy, I'm so excited to have you here. I watched the live uh, session you had with uh, our common friend, Winston. By the way, love this guy. Winston, if you're watching us, uh, love you, brother. Just uh, what a beautiful heart. What a fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you guys met, first of all? He was actually a client. Um, he, because he does a lot of speaking, he came to our speaking event, and that's where we met. Hmm. Beautiful guy. Beautiful person. Yeah, definitely. I just, <laughs> just love him. So, Minnie, why don't you introduce yourself to our audience uh, about your story, your background, and what are you passionate about these days? What What am I not passionate about? <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of different passions. So, my name is Mindy Kinnis. I work as a coach and a business owner, and I've been doing this now for quite a long time. I started my business in 2007, so it's been a number of years doing this this same work. So what I love about this type of business is I get to do a lot of different things. I love coaching, so I get to do that. I love speaking, so I get to do that. I love writing, get to do that. And I pretty much, I mean, this is how I run my business is I think, what are all the things that I like to do and that I would be doing anyway? Bring them in and figure out how can I get paid to do these things. And that has essentially been how I've run my business the whole time. Has it always been like that, uh, knowing what you're passionate about, or has it been a, a bumpy road for you to, to figure out where you want to be? It, it has been a bumpy road, but not because of that. So I did feel very clear and on purpose when I got started, and that honestly has not changed at all. The bumpy road part came in the financial area early on. In my business, I, I had the mindset that I don't want to be one of those slick or sleazy kind of sales people. Like that just didn't vibe with me. So I pretty much threw marketing and sales out the window. And I thought at that time, right, you're, <laughs> I can see on your face, you're like, yeah, how did that go? <laughs> well, it did not go well. Uh, as most people know, you need those things to run a business because cash flow is the lifeblood of any business. And so what happened early on, this was just a few years into my business, I ended up, uh, my home that I owned was foreclosed. I was evicted from my apartment where I was living in. So I ended up living out of my office, like a tiny one room office. And then I ended up filing bankruptcy. So I pretty much thought, okay, should I just throw in the towel and forget about it and go back to corporate America or or what? And thankfully, I had some really, really great people in my life who said, no, you're not going to go back and, you know, get a, get a job. Like, you have to figure this out. So since then, the last decade has been a journey of figuring that out. So I've read every kind of sales, marketing, book. I have mentors in that capacity now. Um, I've also done a ton of the mindset work, like healing healing my relationship with money, because I think that's really what the problem was in the beginning. <laughs> you can have all the tactics in the world, but if you don't get your mindset right around wealth and worth, 
it, it's just not going to work. So that's what I've spent the last 10 years doing. Could you, could you tell me a little bit about this journey of healing your relationship with many? I think it's something that many of us have been struggling with or struggling with. Uh, where is the, the challenge with this relationship coming from, first of all? Why are we having such a strained relationship sometimes with money? And what could somebody listening right now do to take these first steps to, to, to heal this relationship? Yeah, it's a great question. And I know that so many people are in the same situation. I mean, hopefully they're not in such a bad situation that I was in, but I think a lot of us can really work on that money mindset. So for me, and different people go about it different ways. You know, some people chase the money and then some people chase the purpose. So I was chasing purpose and somehow, whether this be through, like I grew up in the Christian church and in that mentality, it was like, oh, it's more noble or more honorable to be poor. You know, you need to give away all of your resources and then, you know, God will smile on you. <laughs> Unfortunately, that doesn't serve us. We end up uh, draining our own well because we're giving, giving, giving. And in my case specifically, that's literally what I was doing. Back in the day, I had all these kids that I was sponsoring and charities that I was donating to. And I felt really great about, you know, I said, I want to be doing this. But at the same time, I wasn't doing sales and marketing to fill up that well. So I was, it was just all going out. And really what it comes down to is your level of self-worth and being able to recognize, oh, I am worth making this money and keeping some of it, you know, or, or spending it however you want to spend it. And finding, for me, it was about finding the balance because I was giving all of it away before and I wanted to figure out a healthier relationship where I was feeding my own needs first, you know, and say, cool, now that I understand how to make even more money, well, now I can make a bigger impact. I can give more away, but recognizing that I have to fill my own well first. Now, when you're speaking about that, I'm super curious to hear more about the process. Like, was that a process? Did it take uh, some time for you to, like, because the way you're saying it right now is like, I healed my relationship with money. So, so uh, no, some people might be, it, it definitely is still a process. But the difference from today's perspective versus, say, 10 years ago is that I have a much broader perspective and awareness. So I can catch myself much faster. If I start to go down the path of like lower self-worth, I'm much more aware of that now. And it's like, hold on. And I've also built my business so that it, it costs more money to run my business now than it did back then. So I have to, you know, it's kind of putting in planned inevitability. So my planned inevitability is, okay, if I want to keep this thing going, which I do because it's very much purpose-based for me, well, then what are the things that need to happen? But I don't know if I'll ever get over it. Like, I don't know if it's ever, you get to the point where it's, you're done, you're healed, everything's great, because it's the journey that we are on of constant growth, constant development, constant, you know, looking for what's next. That's the exciting part about it. So, so I'm just curious, how much of this mindset shift has been impacted by your personal relationships, uh, the people around you? 
a hundred percent. I would say a hundred percent because I probably would have just gone back and gotten a regular job and not uh, pursued all of the different things that I have pursued in the last ten years. So it it definitely was that the one the biggest factor in this was my husband Sean Stevenson. He was the first one that was like, "No, Mindy, you're not going to do this," and it wasn't like, you know, some people were like, oh, well, you were married. And so he could come in and kind of save you. That's, that's not how it was at all. He was like, you're going to have to figure this out. <laughs> so there was no saving, but there was a lot of, um, you know, hard and good conversations because it definitely impacted our personal relationship as well. And so he was one, but then just the numerous mentors and people that think differently about money have been a massive impact. And that's, I still do that podcast today. I ask people all the time, what does wealth mean to you? Like, how do you define it? What, you know, how do you think about, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> sorry. Um, how do you think about money? And what does that mean to you? Because I am still evolving in that. And I think, honestly, like I said, I always will be. I feel you and I'm, I'm pretty much the same. And I, I ask this question for a reason, because for me on my personal journey, it really has been the network of people, my close circle. And the more I started to hang out with people who are having this abundance mindset, you speak about wealth and, and I personally see wealth as having freedom in, in all the areas that matter to you in which one is money, uh, you know, emotional relationship, um, financial, all these kind of things that matter. I mean, first of all, figuring out who you want to be, what are the things that matter to you? Again, it's a process. Uh, you're uncovering more layers and so on. But at some point, it's about really, are people around me empowering me, expanding my horizon, supporting me, or are they kind of bringing me down and kind of uh, narrowing my, my whole perspective in a way? Yeah, absolutely. And I can speak to that so specifically because back in that day, I was in grad school for writing. And a lot of us had, had that starving artist mentality. We were like, well, we're writers. Like, we don't have real jobs and we're just going to write and earn a little money to buy our coffee. And <laughs> like, that was it. That was the mentality that I was surrounded with at school. And I had to, I literally moved away from that. I moved across the country because it was just a whole different uh, mindset once I moved away from that. And even, you know, my husband, Sean, called me out on it once. I'm like, nobody around here has any money. Like, what are you talking about? We're all starving artists. And he was like, Mindy, there are some really wealthy people in Portland, Oregon, which is where I was at the time. And I was like, Oh, you're right, but I don't know them. <laughs> you know, like I don't know those people. So I was not immersing myself in that world. And when I began to, that that shifts everything. So that's why I said a hundred percent is like, of course, there's internal work, but that was influenced by the people that I had surrounding me. Super interesting. You're talking about uh, creative people and writing. I I used to be a movie producer, a video producer. Oh, nice and uh, professionally for five, six years, running a video production company and building productions. And I, I love this world of creating worlds that haven't existed and all the processes and stuff. And 
I actually never shared that, but one of the reasons I'm not a movie producer anymore is what you're sharing exactly. The people in, in this world, they're beautiful people, creative people, but many of them are sharing in some ways scarcity mindset. And because you spend a lot of time with these people, you start picking up their habits as well. Like for example, eating habits. And it's, it's a production, we need to eat pizza. Like, you know, those kind of things that it's like, yeah, but I, I love my green juice. <laughs> you know, like, so, <laughs> so, so. Well, you know, like there's that, that statement that says when you're in the environment, you become the environment. And that works 100% of the time. When you're in the environment, you become the environment. So that's why it's so important to really take a good look at what is my environment? Who is surrounding me? Because that's how I'm going to be. I'm just uh, finishing my first book after two years of work. <laughs> it's been oh, a nice. journey. It's been a journey, but um, it's about the performance and startups and creating cultures which are sustainable and, and focus on well-being and those kind of things. And I came across this study where I think they studied more than 10,000 people. And um, I don't know if you've seen that, but it's, if you are a if your friend is a smoker, then you are, I think 46% more likely to be a smoker yourself. If a friend of a friend is a smoker, you are 23% more likely to be a smoker yourself. If a friend of a friend of a friend is a smoker, you are 11% more likely to be a smoker yourself. I'm not sure about the exact numbers, guys, so go check it out. Maybe I'll post uh, in the comments uh, the exact numbers, but, but it was something around this, and I was like, wow, and it was a huge sample. I think probably 10,000 people being in this research, and they did similar studies on happiness, on, on different um, traits like this, and I was like, wow, you know, I, I, I really need to you know, check who am I seeing, how much time do I spend with these people? Do totally. I allow them to be my inner circle uh, so yeah you know where people get stuck i think in that capacity is sometimes they say oh well this person is a family member and i can't like not hang out with my family and i always want to remind them well actually you can <laughs> you know you can set a boundary of how much time am i going to spend with this person uh am i going to live in the same house or not with this person and even if they're family or even if they've been a long time friend if they are not healthy for your mindset you really need to take a look at that i love that thanks mindy for sharing and i'm really curious uh, a little bit of a different topic we're really curious to dig into you know this whole series is called coffee and productivity um what does productivity mean to you well, honestly, productivity means to me getting stuff done at the last minute. <laughs> that, that is my productivity. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why I say that. My very, very first coach that I ever hired, I don't know, 15 or so years ago, what I came to her with, I said, I procrastinate. Like, I, I need to solve this problem. I need to figure this out. Why am I always procrastinating? And she had a really, really interesting perspective. She said to me, well, talk to me about how that shows up for you and you know, what happens and all of this stuff. And by the end of that conversation, she goes, Mindy, I think you actually like that. And I'm like, what? No, 
why would I like procrastinating? Like that, it just, you know, makes a mess of things, not as productive as I maybe could be. And she's like, no, no, listen to what you're saying. Because the way that it works for me, like you said earlier, I love freedom. Freedom is my highest value. So if I can take the majority of the time and have open time on my calendar, freedom, I love that. And then at the end of whatever, whether it's a launch that I'm doing or sending out an email or whatever, anything, if I can just heighten my focus and get all of that done within an hour or a day or whatever it may be, I love having that big block of freedom before that. And she's like, do you even really want to change that? And I said, maybe not. <laughs> I thought it was such a bad thing. And she's like, I don't think it's a bad thing for you. It's the way you operate best because then you can get laser focused at the end. And I love that. I love when it's like head down, like just rocking it out and finish it. I love it. So that's why I kind of, you know, I kind of joke about that. Like productivity to me is lots of freedom and then a little bit of focus. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, one other dimension uh, about this, I want to actually add on top of it is because uh, a lot of the work I do is uh, working with teams, with people, helping them to improve their productivity. And we have a lot of discussions with my guests about what, what productivity means to them. And many of them, uh, some of them high achievers, they're doing a lot of things, getting a lot of things done. And they will come and say, for me, productivity is about getting things done in the most mindful, happy, joyful way. So because if productivity is just about rushing, 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 results, 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 then why are we living at the end? Which leads me to something that I really loved, uh, I, probably the first time I, I hear this term, heart intelligence. And I want to hear more about this. What is heart intelligence and how to do it? Yeah, I, I love this question, of course. Uh, heart intelligence. So it's one of the things that I've focused a lot of my work on. I had to, I was writing a dissertation years ago and that was actually the topic that I chose. I wanted to look at bringing together the science and spirituality of the heart. And what's cool is that in today's society and with today's technology, we have the ability to actually provide scientific results that in some ways prove all the stuff that has always been talked about, the heart. If you go back throughout ancient history, the saints, the sages have always talked about the heart as the seat of the soul or the place where the spirit resides in the body. You know, it shows up in poetry and music and all of these different things. But today, because of our technology, we can actually prove some of that true, which is fascinating to me. I'm like, I totally already believe that, but now we have proof, we have evidence. That is like my favorite because then I can talk to all the skeptics and say, I don't really care what you believe. It doesn't matter to me, but what I'm really interested in is what are you experiencing? Now for myself, the reason that I started down this path is I am very headstrong. Like my, my, Ego will show up and just make decisions, which is not the best way to do it. 
um, very much reliant on my intellect and like figuring things out. That's been my whole life. But it, like I said, it doesn't always work out really well when you're in relationship <laughs> with other people or wanting to uh, feel peace and joy and just more love in your life. So I had to learn it. And of course, because of my reliance on my head, I went about it in a very uh, scholarly and intellectual route. But I have been able to translate that to the other side of saying, oh, wow, when we practice this stuff, we're able to actually attain greater peace in our life. We're actually able to lower stress hormones like cortisol. There's so many different physiological things that happen in the body. But really what we're talking about is, and I don't know how it was for you growing up, but for me, we were always taught in school, the brain controls everything. Everything in the body, the brain sends the signals out through the nervous system and that's, that's it. Except that we know today that that's not the only story that is true, but the heart actually can send communications to the brain and the rest of the body as well. And it almost acts as a little control center. It can make independent decisions apart from the brain and send out neurotransmitters or whatever it, it needs to do. And one of the terms that they use in this scientific aspect is talking about heart coherence. And when you're in coherence, like this is a perfect example because you and I were on StreamYard earlier <laughs> and I was like, I can't understand what you're saying. Even though you were speaking, you know, you were saying it coherently, but it, it was not getting through to me. So the message was not coming through coherently. Well, the same thing happens in the body. When the body is in coherence, the messages are getting through. It's like a traffic pattern that you're, you're moving along, you know, you're cruising along, you're not all blocked up in a traffic jam. Well, in the body, the traffic jam is from stress. So we get all kind of stressed out and blocked up, and then we are not in coherence, which leads to so many different issues in the body, both biologically, physically, mentally, emotionally, across the board. So it's a really, really powerful experience. How do we connect with our hearts if we're too much in our heads? And by the way, just to give a little bit of, uh, when you're speaking and telling your story about being too much in your head, overthinking. Uh, I've been a mathematic, mathematic, mathematical person like all my life, sort of like logically, rationally trying to solve problems. And, and what I love about the approach is I'm too much in my head. I need to teach heart intelligence, which kind of forces you to, to be more aligned with this thing. Uh, that I is, that's exactly that is exactly why I do it. I get people all the time who maybe they've seen my stuff online and they were like, oh, Mindy, it's so great that you're so heart centered and heartfelt. I'm like, no, it's actually the total opposite. The reason that I teach this stuff is because I'm the one who needs it. I mean, I started out with the story about why I started this business. It's all the stuff that I'm interested in and that I like to do. This one is like essential for my own life. <laughs> and then I've been able to say, oh, when I've done this, look at the difference that it has made in my life. So I am essentially the product of my own teaching. But just like the, the money mindset stuff, it's not like you get to a point and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need to do this work anymore. That is never going to be the case while we are in this lifetime. 
So I think that actually is why a lot of people find my teaching very relatable, because I'm not saying like, I am some, you know, holy guru and come and learn from, I'm like, no, I am here figuring this out. And I may have a little bit more time in that figuring out phase so that I can look back and say, okay, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. And people feel a lot more comfortable in that. I told you before we started this live stream that uh, I love your no BS-ness, <laughs> kind of your ability to, to be raw and just to share whatever it is, the way it is. Um, but I'm actually curious now that you said that you've been on a journey and connecting more to your heart. If you, if you have to offer an advice to your 10-year younger self, what would that be? relax <laughs> relax we take things so seriously so seriously and it's like look i don't think that's the point i don't think that's why we're here is to just achieve all the time and to be so serious it's like let's enjoy ourselves let's have some fun let's find pleasure whatever that is you know for different people but so I would just say relax. I was very, very serious. And I was like, I need to figure this out from my head. It didn't work out. So I had to, you know, use other resources. Yeah. And even if you figure it out, even if you get the result or achievement, why should it be with so much stress? Like it's, it's how you feel it. Not like at the end of the day, why do you want to achieve all this? So you feel a certain way, you know, it reminded me, I don't know who said that, but I heard this somebody, somebody said, uh, Everybody's so much in their heads. We're just a bunch of, uh, you know, evolved monkeys on a rock that's <laughs> going around a, a small star. And we're here for like a couple of minutes, like in the, the whole scale of things. But everybody's like, I didn't get my exam. What am I going to do? And, like, <laughs> and it's like, none of that, none of that matters. It really doesn't matter. It's like, how, you know, are you experiencing love in your life? Are you experiencing joy in your life? And whether that comes from, you know, a, a romantic relationship or not, that it may, but it may not. It may be friends, it may be family, it may be whomever, but that's really what life is about. I want to do more of that and less of, like you said, you know, the logic and the rationale and the processing and the mental, you know, just cycles that we get stuck in. We get in these ruts and that doesn't sound very fun to me. Hey, if you think about it, I'm just, it just came out of somewhere, but if we are robots, let's say, right? And the robot's algorithm is, I need to maximize my experience on this planet, right? If it's an algorithm, what are you going to do? Well, you're probably going to be, I want to experience the best things, joy, love, passion. And when I need to switch on my brain and solve a problem, then I get to my brain and I'm like, okay, how do we fix this problem? switch on switch off let me have fun <laughs> let me be present again so but then again we're humans right yeah i mean society though has taught us that it is about achievement and over the years we have raised up as you know these titans of, of business and productivity and said that's success that's the way to do it and i'm like if they're happy cool but that doesn't work for me you know, like if that is, if people want to follow that and they're actually happy, great. 
that is not the way that I would be happy. What are some, some of the traits, some of the, if you think about some of your coaching clients in the last couple of years, what are some of the recent uh, kind of like trends of um, challenges they are coming to you with initially? What are some of the things people struggle these days? Yeah, well, this actually totally goes into the heart intelligence conversation because like I said, on the outside, everybody says, oh, you need to go get a good job and then you need to you know, raise up in the ranks of that job and that is success. Then you get the house, the car, the relationship, you know, that is success. The people that I mostly work with are those that are probably in a job where they're feeling unfulfilled. And this was me, this was me back in like 2006, I was working in corporate America, had a great job, had really enjoyable work. I loved the people that I was working with, but I thought it's not really doing it. Like I'm not utilizing my myself, my truest self. So I would feel unfulfilled or frustrated in that position. And a lot of the people that I work with these days are exactly experiencing that. They're doing work that isn't highly impactful or isn't utilizing their own skills and talents and passions. And so what they want or what they're looking for when they come to work with me is, what do I do? You know, <laughs> like what, what direction do I go? I know that it's not this because I don't like that, whatever they're in right now, but I wanna do something else and I tend to work with a lot of people who want to become coaches because that's exactly been my experience. I can say, okay, this is the path that I took. These are the mistakes that I made. So like, don't do that. <laughs> and can I help you, you know, build a business? And here's what it comes down to. And this 100% goes back to the heart. What it comes down to is being able to trust their inner guidance because I call it the nudge, you know, like when the universe is kind of like, hey, maybe there's something more for you. Hey, maybe you want to go do this other thing. It starts as like this tiny little whisper in our brains or in our hearts, but we often avoid it because I'm like, oh, well, I have benefits from my job or I get a nice salary from my job or I, I like the job. So I'm too afraid to go out and do my own thing. So it comes down to learning self-trust and saying, okay, I recognize now that if I'm having these desires or if I'm having these passions, there's a reason for that. The reason is because you're supposed to be looking into that. You're supposed to be you know, activating those things in your life. And that can be very, very, very scary. But one of the, oh, and this is so cool. You will love this. One of the experiments that they did in this whole heart intelligence conversation is they were looking at intuition. They said, where does intuition come from? Like, where does it even show up in the body? And I don't know about you, but most people would say, oh, well, it's in the head. You know, it's like a thought that you get and you say, oh, I think that maybe I know something or I feel something, whatever. Well, here's what they did. They had this really, really cool experiment where they hooked all the electrodes up to somebody's body so they could measure everything. And then they had a randomized computer screen that would show different images on the screen. And the person is just supposed to watch. And three quarters of those images were something very normal, like a glass or a phone or a house, you know, like no emotional response. But the last quarter 
of the images were something that are, they were specifically designed to elicit an emotional response. So some of them were like a, a snake that was ready to strike or maybe a, a bloody corpse on the ground. And people are kind of like, uh, you know, like there's a little bit of a feeling where you kind of want to step back from it or, or lean back from those kinds of images. And here's what they found. They found that the body, now again, these were randomized. So like nobody knew which image was going to come up, but the body would react up to 4.75 seconds before the emotional image appeared on the screen. So they were like, whoa, hold on. <laughs> because the experimenter didn't know, the experimentee didn't know, like nobody knew. And yet their body was having a response. So they were able to trace that response. Guess where it starts from? The heart. So how that intuitive knowledge comes through us is heart, body, then brain. The, the brain is the last. <laughs> it's like, oh. right? This is what I love so much about this because they're able to, to show with their experiments, and these are peer-reviewed experiments. They're not just some like wacko scientist, you know, off like saying, this is what I found out. No, like these are peer-reviewed, published in real journals. And to me, that is so fascinating because, okay, if we know that the heart is the source of intuition, and then it goes to the body, which is why sometimes, you know, people might have the hair on their arms stand up or the hairs on the back of their neck, or just have kind of a tingly feeling, whatever it is for different people. But like I said, the brain is the last to know. So if we can get in and focus on the coherence that we have, which is the heart's ability to transmit these different signals and messages, that opens up a whole world for us because we have access to different types of knowledge, whether you think of that as the field or the collective unconscious, you know, there's so many different names for that. But if we can tap into that, it just takes us being in coherence. We have access to greater intuition, which means we can trust that information and move forward in our life based on that, not having always to figure it out logically or rationally. Like, it's like, no, this is what I trust is going to happen. So a lot of my work really, and it sounds, it sounds so simple in a way. It's like, well, just trust yourself. But people have so many blockages around that concept of trusting myself because we've made mistakes in the past and we think, oh, well, I really screwed this up before. You know, what if I do it again? But that doesn't mean the, the message is wrong. It's just that we need to figure out a, a clearer and more easy path to attain those things. So it's, I mean, I could geek out on it with you for all day. <laughs> it's so cool. But I, but I gotta say, I, I just experienced a mind shift or a heart shift, if you may, um, with the because you know when I was a little kid, my mom would always tell me when you have an exam, don't go back to the answers. The first thing that comes to mind in a multiple choice test, that's the one you should go for. Probably right, yeah. And, and it's ingrained in me, but I never actually had the science behind. And just like you, I, I love numbers and science to back up the, uh, the, the things that I believe in anyway. But but then something like this comes, I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. It's <laughs> you know? so cool. I, I totally agree with you. And this is my favorite part about it. Because again, a lot of people want 
the detail. They want the evidence. They want whatever. And I'm like, yes, but that's still about our head, like needing that information or needing that proof. Again, I go back to like, I don't care what your belief is. I want to know what you experience. So I'll, I'll tell you a crazy story if we have time. Okay. So at my retreat, uh, back, you know, pre-COVID, <laughs> when we could actually get together in real life, I would host an annual retreat. And one of the women that came to my retreat, and she's now been back multiple times, but the very first time that she came, she was like very tough, right? She's very smart. She's very um, skeptical. And her, her energy was kind of just like, you know, like, like, show me, Mindy, prove it to me. Like, let's see what happens. So of course I go into all the science and that's fine. But on the very, very first meditation, and she's not a big meditator, like that's not her normal thing, but I walk them through a meditation to get into greater heart coherence. And here's what happened. So this particular woman, she has multiple sclerosis. So she uses a wheelchair to get around. And she had said, my, my legs always feel uncomfortable, tingly or heavy. Like they, she said that they feel like they have weights when she tries to move her legs, just so heavy. And after the meditation, I always say, hey, you know, what did everybody experience? What was your experience? What did you, do you wanna share something? And she raises her hand and she said, I can't explain this. Now that was a big problem to her because like I said, she's very smart and she wants like the detail and the evidence and like, why did this happen? So she's like, I can't explain this, but what happened for, was for the first time in so long, my legs felt fine. Wow. And I was like, that's huge, you know? And then her husband was there too. Her husband is sitting next to her and he's looking at her like, are you serious? And so he's got tears streaming down his face because she's not had that kind of experience normally. And so I don't, I can't tell her all the little details of like what exactly happened physiologically in her legs. But I do know that she had a powerful experience that she even was like, I don't know what to do with this now because I don't know how to think about it. I'm like, you don't need to think about it. That's just being in the head you can recognize, oh, wow, I actually found comfort and I found peace in my body when I tapped into that heart aspect. And then she said that that continued to happen, like even the next time she came back to the retreat, it happened again. So, you know, we can't worry about all the little details and like, why is this happening? And this is, this is such a beautiful story. And I think I've checked your retreats, by the way. I, I was about to ask you a question about your retreats and, you know, why do you organize them? Why do you keep organizing them? And um, you know, what's the main reason? But I can, I can clearly see, I'm myself a um, partner in a, you know, organization, organizing retreats uh, in Bulgaria. And we actually had a similar experience uh, when we were speaking about this woman. We had a, a German guy uh, joining one of our retreats he was a former executive in a, in a big corporate uh, on his journey to become a coach. Oh, cool. Now, he, he comes the first day. He's a funny guy, but he's, he's German. <laughs> he's coming from, you know, from the industry. So he's like, so this framework and then this, and there's the tree number and this. It's like, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. And we have these uh, speakers and workshops and we have fun experiences, adventures, mastermind sessions, right? 
And he's like, yeah, but why is this mastermind session working? You know, like, wh what is the science? Like, what is the, it's like, okay, just, you know, just open up, whatever. And every evening in the reflections, he's like, I just don't know what's the frame. And you know, so, so it was, I think the fourth day of the retreat and he comes to speak up and, and he said, it's the, this is the, I just wanted to share everybody. This is the second most important day in my life. Mm. And the first time was when I was born. Wow. And he said, this was the first day that I, I'm actually being, and I'm actually here and I'm not in my head. And I actually never knew that there's such a place. And we are like, whoa. <laughs> uh, coming from him right and and then the, the next day he comes and he's like uh, mm, i spoke with my wife this morning and i just wanted to correct myself this is the third most important day in my oh, life of course of course <laughs> <laughs> second one was when i get married and right of course you have to put that into the list that is very important but uh uh it's uh, it's, it's you know I don't know what to say. It's just, uh, you can explain some things. And to me, that is the beauty of it. I think I'm part of the, right now. Like, <laughs> part of the joy of life, uh, of living this life, is that there is this great mystery. And we can kind of peek around the corner of that sometimes and kind of get a glimpse of what that is or what that feels like. But I think the reason that we're here is to just remember that. Like in my mentality, it's like before we came to this life to be born, we were in that. And that was, you know, this non-physical reality. I think that that still exists. We just arrived here and we're like, oh, so we're supposed to be successful, productive people? Cool. But the real journey is like, whoa, there's a lot of stuff that we cannot understand it it is beyond our level of comprehension and i think that's really cool i love that yeah i love it as well i'm just uh, you know when you're speaking all these things i'm thinking about sometimes people who never had a coach um they come and say why is coaching working but what is the process in the next six weeks? And, and it's always a very interesting um, thing because some things you just have to experience them. It's just so difficult to explain somebody logically what is coaching and what is that gonna give you, right? It's, uh, it's, it's so true. And to your point, a lot of my coaching students that come through my academy, they all, every single year, they're like, Mindy, can you just give us a worksheet? Or like, can you give us the steps can you get, and I say no, because this is not how I'm teaching you how to coach. I want you to coach by getting into your own heart space, getting into that coherence, and then that's going to activate your intuition. You are going to be more connected to that client and understand more about them because once, here's the cool part about coherence, coherence is contagious. So if I drop into coherence, it automatically will help other people get into greater coherence as well. This goes back to like being in the environment, you become the environment. Coherence is the perfect example of this because, and again, 
studies show, like they've done the experiments, they've done the research, and this proves out every single time is that coherence is contagious. So I'm like, I want you to trust yourself as a coach. I'm not going to give you the step one, step two, step three. You know, you have to experience it and then grow and develop as a coach from doing it. Yeah, when you trust yourself, when you trust your intuition, it just the answers are coming, the questions that you need to ask at the right moment, the way you guide and lead the conversation is just, uh, and of course, I love tools, I love frameworks, and but this is, this is kind of the last thing that will like, okay, now I want, this is what I want to work on, all right, there's a great tool you can use for that, but before exactly. that, of course, it's so, it's so intuition. I'm curious now, actually, to hear a little bit about, um, if you have more time, of course, uh, yes, but... I love to hear business intelligence, business and heart intelligence. How are they coming together? For a lot of people, I think when they hear heart, especially business leaders, I think it's changing, but still it's a little bit of, a, oh, what's that mumbo jumbo fluffy, whatever thing. So how- That happens all the time. All the time that happens. And that is exactly why I bring in the science. Because I want to say, look, we're not talking, this is not woo-woo, yaya fluff this is hard evidence and not only can i present to you the hard evidence i can walk you through an experience that you would then feel that you know then you experience it and then that gets a little crazy because it's like well how i can't explain what happened that's okay so with business this is one of my my goals and my my missions is to essentially take back the heart from the very soft and very, um, you know, a lot of people think, so my retreat, it's called Heart Path. And they, people say all the time, oh, is it about relationships? No, like, it, I mean, we talk about that, but that's not the main point by any means. So people have so uh, ingrained their thoughts around the heart as we have to be talking about love or Valentine's Day or, you know, in the US, Hallmark, like cheesy movies. And I'm like, this is not what we're talking about. What I want to affirm to people is that the heart is actually the source of courage. And courage, like that's badass, you know? Like that's not soft, that is not woo woo, that's like strength. So the more you can activate that courage within you, that's power. I love it. I'm sorry, I can't stop thinking about the Hallmark cheesy movies retreat. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> they're a big, big thing in this country. And I'm like, that is not what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, so tell me, tell me a little bit about your retreats. Um, what, what is happening in these retreats? If you may share, if it's, uh, if it's not private information, but what is some of the things that, uh, you know, if somebody wants to sign up and I saw you have an upcoming retreat, if I'm not uh, confused. You are not confused. <laughs> it, um, it is upcoming. It's uh, in just a couple of weeks now. So for the last, let me think about this. 2011 was the first one that I did. And back then they were live retreats, of course. And I would bring people to this beautiful, beautiful city called Sedona, Arizona. It's well known for these magnificent red rocks. And it's also known to be a little bit of a power center of the earth. There's something called vortexes that are here. And 
whether or not people believe in that, whatever, it's, it's a tourist destination. So it's a great place to bring people. And the main part of this whole experience, it's usually two and a half days, is I want to get people into their body. So we don't just sit in a classroom. We actually go out hiking. And some people, they have never hiked in their life before they come. And they're like, I, I mean, to me, I'm a big hiker. I love the outdoors. So I'm like, wait, how did you never hike before? But, <laughs> but they haven't. And so it's a new experience and an experience of this, this gorgeous scenery and being in their body. Cause it's not like a little baby hike either. Like I kind of take, it's like a good three hours. So we hike, we do a couple different hikes over the weekend. The main point of heart path is to me, that is actually the path of your life. So it comes down to things like trusting that guidance. It also kind of opens up the barriers that we have placed around our heart. We talk a lot about uh, the power of appreciation and gratitude. We, talk, we do talk a lot about love, but mostly when I'm talking about that, I'm like, this is a primal energetic force that can propel you forward in your life and yes, that shows up in relationships, but I'm talking about it as this bigger, bigger force. We talk about forgiveness and, oh gosh, I mean, I've had people that just, whether it's about somebody else or themselves, like forgiving themselves because of previous mistakes that they've made or whatever. And I'm super vulnerable at, at, the, <laughs> at the retreat. I'm like, listen, here's all the bad dumb ideas and things that I've done that have gone wrong or that have hurt people. And I just share all of that. And it's very, very introspective for the attendees. Um, and of course this year it's going to be virtual <laughs> because, because here we are with coronavirus. So what should people expect from a two day virtual experience on hard paths? Yeah, really it's, it's getting clarity because my favorite people that come to this are those that are like, you know, kind of like I was talking about before, those that are feeling a little unfulfilled or feeling like maybe they're on the quote wrong path. My whole thing is you're always on the right path because the heart is always guiding you. Now, can this get like, can your path become easier or more effortless if you actually listen to your heart? Yes. <laughs> but you're always on the right path. So it's really figuring out what am I here to do? Getting clarity around purpose. And, and I take them through an exercise, which is exactly what I did in my business. I just said, what are all the things that I like? And a lot of them are those that I just mentioned. Hiking, being out in nature. I love teaching. I love the science. So I just pulled all that stuff together and said, okay, here's a retreat. <laughs> And oh, by the way, thank you for coming because I would be doing this anyway. You know, I, I, I like those things. So I would do that myself already. And then if I can share that experience with other people and oh, by the way, get paid to do that. It's like the best. Honestly, Mindy, I'm just thinking now we should organize a retreat together at some point. Um, we've been like, it's just like I'm speaking. You're speaking, but, but I'm thinking about the you. same thing, right? <laughs> It's me, it's me, but it's a female person on the other side. <laughs> Artificial intelligence. I don't even know if you exist and we never met life, right? So maybe most. not. <laughs> maybe but, not. Maybe I'm just your clone. 
but but this is exactly why we we do these experiences as well and i love the fact that you you make them so experiential and and not this let's come to a place go to a classroom <laughs> and i'm going to tell you stuff no 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 let's make it fun let's make it experiential let's create some metaphors around the experiences that we do so amazing you know yeah, really exactly. amazing love it um final final thing i want to dig into a little bit is the the lucrative society what is the lucrative society why did you start it and and what's that uh, animal yeah thank you for asking i love i love talking about it because it's my favorite things to do so the lucrative society is my podcast but it's also a, a membership where and i would say most of the people that are in that have come through either HeartPath before or my coaching academy or some other program and then really what the lucrative society is about is like let's talk about wealth from all angles because to me if you look back at the etymology of the word wealth what it originally meant was well-being so i'm like cool we're not just talking about money although that is one of the things so it is it's a monthly membership where i have this just really lovely community of people that are all supportive like there is no competition in the group because i'm like listen we are all creators we are all building these different businesses uh there are a lot of coaches in there but i also have real estate people and i mean there's all, all kinds of people in there and it's just so fun it's just community that we can continue to support each other and support each other's dreams and also call each other out you know i've had experiences where even different members of the group will say you know what like i'm going to be a stand for your greatness to a different member and we're not going to go down that path or we're not going to do that thing or i want to help you or serve you in shifting that mindset and it's so cool when i can bring all these people together but then they it's about them you know like it's i might tell them some things or teach them some things but it's really about them supporting each other which is so cool so for you you're more the person who guides and moderates brings everybody together and then make sure that uh, there's a little bit of a not structure I, i don't like the word structure but you know a little bit of a something around it so people can get the most out of <laughs> yeah i mean the way that i have it set up is every month we have a different theme so when we come together for our gatherings which are, are on zoom you know super easy for people wherever they are and i will present a topic and maybe teach a couple things but really the rest of it, it it's about what are they going to do with it then and how are they going to interact in our facebook group and all this stuff so like i said and I, I'm with you. I'm not into the whole like structure thing, but but to give it a little bit of a framework and say, okay, here's I want you to think about this or focus on this for this month, or even sometimes it's about marketing. You know, it might not be like well-being related. It could be business related because I think we have to talk about them all, or we end up like tilted. You know, <laughs> like we're not we're not very balanced. I, I love it. You know, one of the guests of my podcast, uh, which I think you should consider maybe inviting at yours. Uh, Natalie Nixon, uh, who's the author of the Creativity Leap, she's uh, she's using this uh, beautiful wording around it. She says it's it's all finding your own balance between wonder and rigor, uh, and I kind of like how it sounds. It's, I love uh, that. <laughs> so uh, maybe you should go check her out. Uh, it's been such a pleasure. What a beautiful hour! I'm so happy we actually went on Zoom when Streamyard was not with us today. Uh, it was not with us. <laughs> 
But hey, we made it. And uh, my final question would be, 2020 has been an interesting year, at least to say for many. Um, and for many people, it's been a year of uncertainty, a year of stress. Uh, we hear a lot of things about mental health, you know, not to say people who are having health issues being affected by the virus and struggling and businesses are going through turbulent times in many ways. So um, I'm curious, what would be your message, final message to, to finish up the day to people who are going through uncertainty, through turbulence? What would be your final message to, to them? Yeah, I love this question because 2020 has been crazy, as you mentioned. 2019 was crazy for me. My husband passed away suddenly, and that provided a lot of uncertainty. You know, that created, uh, a, a, even apart from like the grief experience of that and the, just the pain of losing someone that close, it's also like, well, we ran a business together and all this, like, what, are, what am I going to do now? Or, or what do I want to do now? And so I am very much a student of resiliency through the uncertainty. And I credit so much my, my work in this department of like learning how to access the heart. Because if I didn't know that, I, honestly, I don't know what I would have done. Like, I don't know how my 2019 and 2020 would have been. But when you do this kind of heart work, what that does for me at least is it, it strengthens the foundations and it builds a solid core because life is uncertain. That is never going to change. There is going to be storms that come in and you know bash you around quite a bit. And if you can rely on your core, on your heart's power and courage and resiliency, you recognize, or at least I recognized that, okay, the only way through is through. You just have to keep going because you can't like jump off the path and say, well, I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore. <laughs> I mean, you can, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so to me, just recognizing that that's all, I mean, this year has been crazy, like to a whole new level. Last year was crazy for me. And just recognizing that you do have the courage and the power and the strength within you. And the more you can access that and utilize that as your navigator, as your compass, the better off you'll be. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Mindy. Where could people follow you? Uh, maybe if you could just give us uh, a short overview of the projects that you do, the social media handles so people can go and, and hear more of uh, Mindy. Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, so Instagram is where I've been hanging out a lot recently. I'm um, kind of moving away from Facebook just a little bit, but uh, my Instagram is just my name, Mindy Kinnis. And everything else is at my website, lucra.com, L-U-C-R-A.com. That has links to every, all the other stuff. Thank you guys for listening and if you're looking for somebody to help you step up your team performers and boost your productivity, make sure to check out stoyanyankov.com for online workshop solutions and programs designed to help you go through the current situation in a smoother manner.
Stay safe and keep moving forward.